Your Martial Arts Movie Podcast. Ha ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring Drunken Thai Boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble! And Drunken Karate Master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Our listeners may may or may not be aware, but Zero and I have been trying to record this one episode for a very long time, and every time we try to, we, something just sets us back. So we are like two and a half weeks, three weeks behind. So we're finally doing this. We are finally talking about Master of the Flying Guillotine. The, Hooray! Yes, another one of Riza's recommends. Um... It's it, it's probably the oldest film that we've covered of his. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, yeah seventy six. Uh, mm-hmm. Have we covered anything before this? Well, yeah, Bruce Lee. <laughs> anything? With oh, Bruce Lee right, right, right. Bruce Lee. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, seventy six is pretty early. We we don't usually go that far back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of um, our tastes in martial arts choreography. But I mean, I've been wanting to watch this. It is. Considered a classic, a uh, Taiwanese classic, yep. and mainly because of the the weapon, the titular weapon, the flying guillotine. Yeah, we yeah. have actually discussed it before in the Vengeful Beauty episode. Yep. There yep, were flying yep. guillotines, and that was great. <laughs> very, very tiny little moment of flying guillotines. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it's just the one master of the flying mm-hmm. guillotine. Yes. It was also blind. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, oh, I guess we're gonna getting ahead of ourselves, but yes, Master of Flying Guillotine, aka uh, the arm, the one arm boxer versus the flying guillotine, or one arm boxer two. Most people may not know. I mean, if you haven't watched the movie, you definitely wouldn't know. But like most people would know that this is a sequel to the one arm boxer, uh, another uh, older film uh, starring Jim Jimmy Wang. Jimmy Wang playing like. In this movie, uh, he is reprising his role from that movie, um, and we have not covered One Arm Boxer. <laughs> Maybe we will one day, but uh, I mean, I actually, I have never watched One Arm Boxer, so I don't even know. Like that, like I don't feel like either one of us really lost anything watching this film. Like they kind of recap you all the events of the first movie. Right, right, yeah. We get flashbacks, which I'm assuming is reused footage from the original movie. Yeah, yeah, because this movie really knows how to pad out time. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! Yeah, that that's the best way to describe this movie. I, I, and I'll do the 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 plot really quickly. Um, sure. Man, blind man with flying guillotine tries to kill one arm sort one arm boxer for killing his two disciples. That's it. That's the whole story. And in well, the middle... Don't what, forget, that? there is a random martial arts yes. tournament in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. that goes on much longer than it really should, featuring mm-hmm. characters who are one-off. They fight, and then they that's the end of them. And yep. the whole time I kept thinking, is this going to come back around somehow? Like, is the... Is the master of the flying guillotine going to be a part of the tournament? No, no. So 
so the whole middle portion of the movie feels very random it feels like it's just kind of tacked on there to add padding like you mentioned yeah you know um do you, do you know like everyone loves terminator 2 right i actually like when i was watching this movie like i, I was thinking of terminator a lot oh yeah when i okay. was watching this yeah mm. I, yeah okay like maybe i was thinking more terminator 2 maybe than terminator 1 no, I thinking, um, yeah yeah i mean he's he's yeah. an unstoppable force yeah, 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 and and you know, there's there's that that section. There's a if you've watched Terminator two, there's a section of the movie where they go to I think they go to Mexico, yeah, and they basically are it, the movie just kind of grinds to a halt. There's like no action, no nothing. And it's just the movie just slows down, and it's kind of like a lull in the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it it goes on for way too long, in, in my opinion. I, every time I watch a movie, I I just skip it. I just go straight back to when. Uh, um, the T one thousand reappears. <laughs> yeah, when, when Sarah Connor goes back, and then you know they're, they're fighting the T one thousand again. That's basically like, like you know how I remedy that film. Watching this movie, there is a tournament that happens in like the middle of the film. Well, maybe a little bit before the middle of the film, and it just eats up so much time. And I feel like it shouldn't be like a lull, but it certainly does feel like it because it doesn't add anything to the movie well that's that's the problem Uh, i've said this many many times look uh if you're not going to develop your characters or make us like them in any sort of way Mm -hmm. and then they fight on screen it doesn't matter to me i mean it it doesn't it it won't be as impactful for me Mm -hmm. as if compared to if you do flesh these people out because if you're watching two people fight and it's this amazing choreography that's great. But if I don't care about these people, again, it might as well just be a demo reel. Why don't you just show me a demo reel? Yeah. Yeah. Demo reels from 1976. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so, on that top. I was going to say, um, we should elaborate on what a flying guillotine is. Because <laughs> okay. some people may not know yeah they may not have watched our eventual beauty episode yeah the flying guillotine i think i mentioned this in the episode too is a legendary weapon i I put all you guys who are listening probably don't see my quotation marks uh it's a quote-unquote legendary weapon that may or may not have actually existed uh because there have been writing that have been captured uh historically to allude to some sort of weapon where you can literally throw capture someone's head in like a basket on a chain <laughs> and then you just rip that chain uh you just pull the chain and it just rips the head off and that's literally i mean like you as i'm describing this audio audibly you're probably imagining something ridiculous and that's exactly what the flying guillotine looks like yes it's and a basket I, I, on a chain right i'm calling bullshit on this weapon because it's <laughs> of course no fucking way <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm wondering like think, what the real weapon would have been, but I mean, who knows? But you know what, what it? Saying? Now that I think about, it, you know what it is? It, it's probably just like a cowboy lasso. Hmm? Somebody threw it, pulled hard enough, even though you probably can't do it this way, and ripped <laughs> off somebody's head. You know, the physics don't really work if you think about it. Something probably happened. <laughs> he was already in the in the motion of getting decapitated by another sword. <laughs> lasso got pulled someone's like oh my god look at that amazing weapon it pulled off the head no 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 it didn't <laughs> i i already made plenty of jokes about like what i th- think the flying guillotine could have been i think of like 
Wild Wild West again. I made that allusion, uh, alluded to that last time too, yeah. where like the the disc have just attracted to your neck with a magnet or something like that. Uh, whatever. The, obviously, the weapon is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, it could have existed, but a lot of movies of this era they they kind of had it in this kind of format where it's like it literally is just a basket on a a chain and. If you think about the logistics of using that in terms of actual fighting, I mean, obviously, this is a movie. It's a wuxia film. But if you think about the logistics, uh, there's really, like, no real, like, feasible way that it can just grab onto someone's head that quickly. You're going to see it coming from a mile away. You have to lob that thing. Right. You can't just well, throw I mean, it at there, someone's head. There are <laughs> cowboys who are very capable with the lasso, and mm-hmm. you see them winding up, right? So yeah, yeah. when you see the the master swing in the chain, <laughs> it's I, I want to say it's probably the same thing. Maybe, but uh, I don't know if we uh, went into great detail uh, enough about like how ridiculous the the item is. Uh, this weapon is. Um, all I can say is that. I wasn't expect. I, I guess I could have, should have expected that the master in question of the master of the flying guillotine wasn't going to be the hero. It was actually going to be the villain of the movie. Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that either. I kind of thought he would be the hero, considering yeah, he's yeah. the name of the of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and like, I'm completely not... <laughs> unfamiliar with Jimmy Wang Yu's filmography, so yeah, didn't know, yeah. didn't know he directed, starred, starred, wrote in this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah jimmy wang Yu. uh let's talk about him real quickly we have not talked about him in an episode I, we've alluded to him in the past i talked about him very briefly a couple years ago uh in the one-armed swordsman meets um zatoichi zatoichi yep. yeah yeah that i mean zatoichi meets one-armed swordsman whatever the official title is that movie um had the one-armed swordsman who also stars jimmy wang Yu, and i guess jimmy wang Yu just made a career out of just playing himself with one arm <laughs> that's just this whole whole shtick um so yeah uh I'm, again i don't know all too much about him myself either uh all i know is that unfortunately he did pass away earlier this year and this year yeah 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 it's it's unfortunate um he was in red dragon i think it was a movie with uh donnie yen and oh i forgot the that japanese actor's name um and he was like the villain of the film he was like he played like donnie Yen's father and he was like weirdly menacing and stuff so i mean i guess like late into the mid 2000 uh, 2010s he was still you know acting all so you know uh i guess this is one of his i wouldn't say early films but like this is one of his more iconic films oh master of the flying guillotine i guess Oh man, um, he's in a movie called The Guillotines from 2012. Oh, interesting. I wonder if there are flying guillotines. In <laughs> you do you think they, they updated the uh, the technology to make it look more menacing? <laughs> That'd be cool if that's the case. I might have to check this out. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. It looks like they did. Yeah, it's not a it's not a fucking basket anymore. <laughs> it's, it's just like a circle and it's spinning. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm, the trailer's playing while I'm looking at this. It looks... Okay, right. eh, I'm going to check this out. It looks dumb. Sure. Maybe we'll cover it one day. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's go back to 1976 so we can talk about Master Flying Guillotine. Um, I... Hmm, I don't know if I'm uh, being 
like extra critical. Uh, last last time we talked about a diagram pole fighter, I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie. I thought it was okay, uh, especially since we started off the month pretty strongly. Um, but yeah, I after this movie, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of this film. I actually thought thought it was actually very slow and. And then we're not talking about the action at all. I thought, like, in terms like of like movie making, yeah, as right, an right. overall movie experience, I I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I I thought it, it dragged at certain points, and um, yeah, like there's so much padding in the in the movie. All in all, um, I don't know zero. Like, am I am I out of line for saying that? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I actually agree with you. Uh, mm-hmm. I I when I first watched it, I enjoyed it because I was just trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. We go from learning about the master, his his disciples have been killed, so he wants revenge against Jimmy Wang Yu, who yep. is a martial arts instructor, yep. and he can also uh, walk upside down on walls because he has he was bitten by a radioactive one-armed spider, apparently. Yeah, yeah, apparently. So, um, and then they... Then they insert a martial arts tournament, actually still very early on in the movie. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what was going on. We get a fighting tournament in real time. Yeah. One fight after another fight after another fight after another fight. Oh, hey, look, the uh, the master of ceremonies, the the father who put together this tournament, he sees Jimmy Wang Yu. So we actually get a little bit of dialogue while people are fighting. Oh, but then we come back to back to the fighting. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was thinking, oh, is this a tournament movie now? Nope. <laughs> no. It's not. <laughs> we forgot this is the master of the flying guillotine. Let's have him, you know, come back in and then resume that story. So yeah. like 20 or 30 minutes of this movie is kind of unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you're talking about this tournament right here, and and I, we might be able to beat this dead this horse into the ground. Um, but man, like that that tournament goes on forever. It's nine fights. It's nine fights condensed in like a twenty minute twenty to thirty minute time span, and eats up a you know it feels like it eats up a big chunk of the movie because like it does. You well, are because oh, sorry, like yeah. I said, it's just all happening one after another. It's not like. Yeah. A traditional tournament movie. One mm-hmm. fight, you take a break. Yes. You have people talk about something. You move the plot along. Another mm-hmm. fight, you know, you you pace it out. You pace your fights out. You don't just. Th- this is mid loaded. This movie is mid loaded. Yeah, for with, sure. With for fighting. Sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's is it even mid loaded? Because like it it it's like it 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 basically feels like it eats up the first half of the film. It's a huge fucking chunk of the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and like it, it just feels like it goes on and on. And especially doesn't help that a lot of these characters you're not, intro- you don't give them a proper introduction. They don't yeah. have any sort of uh, influence on the story whatsoever. Um, it, re- I mean, I wouldn't even call it a demo reel. Demo reel is just like to kind of showcase, like, oh, look what these actors can do, which is fine. But th- it's too short. Like, uh, like it's because it's twenty minutes. You know, split up by nine. If you do the math, it's a little bit, just a little bit over two minutes per fight. Yeah. Just so cr- incredibly short. Um, they should have. Yeah. So there are, I think, three fighters 
who actually come out of the tournament who yes. actually become real players in the overall story mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think they should have cut out all the other fighters they should have just had yeah it's the the indian mm -hmm. uh the the thai fighter and the japanese, the japanese fighter yeah and then yes. the, the daughter of the uh, i forget the guy <laughs> the the torment master, master i don't know yeah let's yeah. just let's just call him that yeah sure sure um yeah those four technically uh, they should have just had yeah. those fights and then everything else just fucked off with them and then elaborated on those characters more because we don't know who they are um sure the indian fighter the thai fighter and japanese fighter they're they're kind of bad guys so mm -hmm. a lot of times the bad guys get the short end of the stick when it comes to story but if you remove 10 minutes of fighting uh, give us more character work i'm always yeah. for more characters make us light up make us like them or make us hate them right <laughs> yeah well i uh the whole pretense of having the tournament in the movie i actually don't even understand like why do we have this tournament uh like in general <laughs> like what was that what what set this tournament up like why do we even have this like going on fine whatever it, it just feels very blatant to me that this is just padding like we just need to pad out the, the add some filler into the movie to make it run the like, normal run length um because like if you honestly i think even a more traditional storytelling method you should just have the villain he is on a quest to kill the main the hero of the story and he hires some mercenaries that's essentially what the movie becomes anyways like i mean that not to true, jump yeah. ahead anyways uh, you know because like that that is a spoiler of sorts uh, it's it doesn't ruin the movie like you kind of see it coming a mile away it's like okay well there needs to be twists and turns it can't just be like a super simple like, oh villain wants to kill hero hero needs to protect himself so there's that like yeah like they added the tournament thing but then like it wasn't it just felt really awkward and like that's just one little complaint i have like not me me not understanding why we have a tournament the fact that the tournament takes way too much time the fact that's nine fights in a row i like I'm, one other complaint i have and i didn't really get this when i was watching the one r swordsman's movies uh I, and i haven't watched any of the one arm boxer films um but Jimmy Wang Yu's character like fights like a coward for a lot of the movie. In and this I, movie I, or, or those in this movie. <laughs> so I I want to say that um, I actually liked his character. Um, yeah. Because they set him up as you know the teacher, the master. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. I I like that one shot when when the camera's panning along and he's like adjusting mm -hmm. the students and giving them tips and whatnot. Yep. And he's giving them his martial arts, kung fu philosophy. And throughout the movie, you realize that he's, you know, he's good, but he's not the best. And mm -hmm. I like that because that made the master of flying guillotine even more menacing. Because it's not like, oh, Jimmy Wang Yu is this perfect martial arts fighter. He can just defeat him easily. Actually, throughout the course of the movie, he gets hurt a lot. And he has to kind of retreat. Yep. And I like that he gives, uh, he gives, uh, I guess, his reasonings for doing this later in the film. He says, like, well, I don't know what to do. I'd rather us think of a plan and retreat now rather than just go in blind and die. Like, I was like, oh, that's that's pretty smart, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. he's not being, I didn't think he was being a coward. I think he's just like, well, I actually don't know what to do. So let's, mm -hmm. let's 
recompose ourselves. Let's get our thoughts together and try to figure out a plan. Sure, sure. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, I think, well, the final fight where he actually takes on the villain uh, itself, and we'll obviously elaborate more in detail later. Uh, that maybe is a little bit more excusable. But like, for example, when he fights the, the quote-unquote tie boxer, mm-hmm. I'm putting that in quotation marks too. Uh, <laughs> like that is just, it's just like un, like sleazy the way that he defeats the villain, uh, this guy. It's like, this is just right. not cool. <laughs> it's it's no longer, he's no longer the hero in that moment. Yeah. And uh, it, we can elaborate why later. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was, that was one scene where I was like, oh, this is going on too long. And I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And there's a lot of fights in the movie. And oh man, well, we, let's let's talk about the the foreign fighters just really briefly. Oh boy. Uh, Ooh yeah, boy. They, they these are this is 1976 Hong Kong production. Uh, uh, I think it's Taiwanese. Is it? I thought oh, so. Well, Wikipedia says Hong Kong, so I'm just okay. gonna say Hong Kong. I don't know. I mean, it, sure. the, the language that they speak is Mandarin. Unless you're listening to the dub, which uh, I did eventually find that version. So surprisingly, that was, I thought it was pretty competent. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, uh, the foreign fighters, uh, they're all bad stereotypes. And they're, then two of them are in brown face. <laughs> Chinese people in brown face. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were trying to be respectful of the tie fighter or they were mocking him because I, yeah uh so i mean he's in brown face obviously but nobody at the time knew that was bad so uh you know i'm not gonna get <laughs> mad at them for that but yeah, yeah. whenever the tie fighter uh was going to begin a fight scene he was doing the traditional tie dances that you do when you're in the ring before you you know before you had the my tie tournament and I was wondering, oh, are they being respectful of that? Are they, are they trying to elaborate on culture that maybe people aren't aware about? Or are they just mocking him for being different? <laughs> I, I'm going to say the, the latter. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, if, if, okay, what we're referring to is before um, before any sort of fight, uh, you know, like, uh, obviously, like, Chinese have their own methodology. Uh, but then in, in typical Muay Thai fights uh, you'll see even even today like you know, people um they they have like a like a blessing ritual before the actual fights you know there's like there's there's like a wind instrument that they play it has like a specific kind of noise i can really know how to describe it just audibly but like as it it's like they would they would play that and then you know like the the performers would kind of like do a, a like a, a ritual dance on on you know before the actual fight yeah um it's kind of like making sure that every you know like every, you know everyone's blessed and such uh but like watching this it just feels like you know it's definitely mocking that whole ritual itself mm-hmm. it, it also like the the f- tie fighter himself like he is just playing like a he's pantomiming the moves right i mean it's clearly just like a, a chinese actor per, like act pretending like he's thai and pretending he knows muay thai but like because like he he does like the the stances he 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 stands like a Muay Thai fighter kind of he doesn't really get it at times you know like a Muay Thai fighter is like very upright very I wouldn't say rigid but you know they're a lot more solid yeah uh, versus like a kung fu or more, like more like whatever kung fu practitioner would would be in but when as soon as that 
fighter gets into a fight, he just abandons all the Muay Thai. He just becomes like another uh, Chinese martial artist. Well, I mean, he, uh, they try to give the elbows and yeah. the knees every now and then to yeah. distinguish that he's a Thai boxer. But, yeah. I mean, the martial arts choreographer is uh, Lao Garlong. So um, Lao Garlong, yeah. I, I can't oh. imagine that he's familiar with Thai boxing. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe he's just like, yeah. ah, fuck it. Just throw some <laughs> knees and elbows in there. No one will know. No, the, no, no one will know the difference. Uh, this is 1976. This is, like, <laughs> this is one of those things that we just have haven't talked about enough. But like 70s and 80s Hong Kong was like they definitely did not respect Thai boxing at all. And in fact, like they went out of their way. Hong Kong like went out of the way to like disparage Muay Thai oh, as much that's as possible. Right. Yeah, they would always, they would always mock, do that. Mock Thai fighters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like you know, then like Billy people like Billy Chow would come out. You know, like Billy Chow was like a. A world kickboxing champion and he he entered into like the hong kong sphere and then even more kickboxers did so i guess there was a little bit more respect after that but we're still in like the dark ages mm-hmm. muay thai is still considered like uh, a joke <laughs> mm-hmm. as they clearly did in this movie but that is not nearly as bad as the yoga man oh my god love this guy <laughs> love the effects behind it <laughs> this is 1976. I'm not gonna brag on these cheesy, cheesy special effects because they're just yep. they're adorable. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think so. Basically, he is from mm-hmm. India. He is a yoga master, as, as he is credited anyway, mm-hmm. and he has the ability to stretch his limbs, mainly his arms, mm-hmm. longer than they really should be. The obvious visual comparison would be uh, Dalsim from Street Fighter Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently the creator of that character uh, said that he was not influenced by this character. Oh, he was, influ- okay. he was influenced by a different character. <laughs> I was wondering if that was the case. Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't think the, the listeners are fully understanding how ridiculous the <laughs> the yoga master is. Um it's not just like he looks like Dalsim, but like imagine Dalsim, but like the the long the stretchy arms also have like a clicking sound so it's like like it's the, like, a, like the bones are detaching <laughs> from each or that's other like, or that's like mechanical it doesn't it's like yeah it's not real. yeah the, the choice in sound effects is really odd he doesn't look like dalsim he looks no, like i don't want to say a regular indian man because it's a chinese man in brown face but he doesn't <laughs> oh, have this he doesn't have the skull necklace he, he yeah. doesn't have the very skinny rib cage and mm-hmm. shaved head and whatnot but yeah. yeah 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 well if you watch the uh the english dub um he, he has a, a, a very bad indian accent oh so right right no, yeah nothing that's... about this <laughs> <laughs> nothing about this uh, screen of, of good taste but again it it is of its time i guess i don't know <laughs> i don't know and then there's the japanese guy um the japanese guy yeah who is a what what is he supposedly? He is a master of well, he has that kobujutsu. I don't know what that is. <laughs> he has the the police nightsticks, pretty much. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't know what the yeah. traditional name of that weapon is called. I always forget. Uh, okay, well, he pr- apparently practices a form of Okinawan kabuto. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like it is those two nightsticks, and he's supposed to be like the honorable. Oh, well, this might sound stereotypical. He's supposed to be like the honorable uh, fighter of sorts until. It turns out that he's just 
kind of a pervert, I guess. I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't understand his motivation either. And that's like a recurring issue I have with this movie is that I don't understand any of the characters because they don't really have well, much. Well, they don't flesh them out any. like I complained nope. about before. You have these slew of fighters. We don't know who the hell they are. Cut out some of that fighting. Give us more character work so we can understand these people. But yep. no. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, did I men- also mention that Jimmy Wang Yu also wrote the movie? <laughs> I don't know if that's a testament to him, but I don't know. But anyways, he did have a lot of hands in this movie. So in the well, end, he only had just, one hand in this him. movie. Oh, that's, oh man, hmm. <laughs> I, I fell for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, that's the that's the problem I have with the movie. But is at, at the end of the day, is the fighting any good? I mean, it does it is action or fight choreographed by? Lao Ga Leung or Liu Xia Leung, who for the first time in a very like in a very early film, like he's actually credited as it by his Cantonese name. Normally, it's this Mandarin one, so I was actually kind of surprised by that. But uh, yeah, I, I have said this earlier uh, this month uh, that uh, Liu Xia Leung is like a beacon for like modern martial arts or like pivoting. Hong Kong action towards modern martial arts like in the late 70s to early 80s like before him like things were just super metronomy and very I don't know very uh, you know like like everything's moving to a, a beat right and it looks very much like just only like dancing no fighting at all and it's only because of him like I felt like we started moving in the, in the more modern direction so Props to him. I actually didn't know that he was the the fight choreographer of this movie. Like uh, that was actually kind of a surprise when I saw it in the opening credits. I was like, oh shit. That, I mean, and then when I watched the movie, um, it's it's kind of there, but kind of not. Maybe he hasn't gotten his yet. footing yet. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what yeah, I yeah. was feeling. So <laughs> I was getting a sense that uh, I I like the the shot composition and the editing mm. of some of the fights because. From what I was reading about Jimmy Wang Yu is he was, you know, he was kind of getting, he was popular in the 70s. And then his martial arts, I guess, status started to dwindle when other, I guess, better martial arts actors came along and showed that they can do it like in the longer takes or they can do it real without having to use editing or different shots to work around his lack of maybe ability or skill. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, I thought it was good because the amount of shot variation and editing made it feel like a a modern martial arts movie, except that you can tell that the choreography skill wasn't there. Yeah. That's where it is. Like the speed isn't there. And then the the finesse or the delivery of these certain poses is, is kind of lacking at least, at least when it came to him. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, well, is that a limitation of the fact that he's only using one arm? There's only so much he can do. with <laughs> Just one arm. That's the one thing I wanted to bring up too. Didn't see one arm swordsman or boxer mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- chopping off an arm and, <laughs> making a martial arts style based off of that visually that was not clear to me he was just a guy who was handicapped the whole movie and it was hard to see 
how that was effective at all if if it was supposed to be mm-hmm. see i don't i don't know I, i'm assuming i mean i think in the one-armed swordsman series like he, well he starts off being like armless but it's it, like the backstory is that it was cut off i think um i don't know what the backstory is with the one-armed boxer anyone who's listening please let us know if there's so much that we're missing in the lore of the one-armed boxer <laughs> But I'm assuming that that was cut off, and he had to learn how to work around it, etc. Um, but yeah, like in terms of the choreography, there's only so much you can do, and like you would think that oh, because you only have one arm, this guy would do a lot more kicking, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And that's not the case. But I mean, that could be a testament to I mean, like what kind of martial arts style you're doing, because like not every martial art, not every kung fu style uh, is very prim. Uh, prevalent with the uh the kicks right so like northern style i think is more um i think is more like kick oriented and then southern style is a lot more like uh hand oriented uh i mean that's basically like i'm very much simplifying things but like watching this movie like oh he only has one arm so i imagine he's gonna do a lot more kicking he doesn't really do a lot of kicking he just he just uses uses that one arm and like oh man like you would think that someone just like keep on kicking him on the side on the where other he can't side. defend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no one kicks in this movie. <laughs> right, right. I, uh, I was wondering if maybe the one arm was supposed to, you know, subconsciously give him like sympathy. Like you feel. Mm-hmm. You you feel a natural inclination to like him because he has the natural, you know, not not natural, but he has mm-hmm. the handicap in this movie, so yes. he feels like an underdog. That's kind of what yep. I was getting, right, uh, a little bit. And then once <laughs> the master of the flying guillotine comes along, and we show just how unstoppable he is, I was thinking, well, how is one? How is a guy with one arm gonna beat this dude? Uh, well, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean. Uh... See, like, of course, the main character has a handicap of sorts, but you, you, we set him up early that, like, he is a competent fighter. So I was kind of rolling with them. Like, yes, please use your martial arts ability, use your fight knowledge to your advantage in, in every fight. But no, a lot, especially towards the later portions of the movie, he is, like, winning these fights using, like, one very arm. dirty tactics. <laughs> well, with one arm, yeah, yeah. One arm, but also with dirty tactics. And I'm like, oh, you kind of won because of dirty tactics, not because you're a good fighter. Or maybe a little bit both. But yeah, like I, I kind of didn't like that about the, the film. There, and, there is like, only it. one fight where I thought, okay, that was not necessary yeah. In, yeah. in the way he won. So, yes. But every everything else, because they showed that mm-hmm. the Master of Flying Guillotine is unstoppable, then yes, you need to do whatever you can to defeat him and if you have to yep. set up booby traps then so be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah again that's the, the end of the movie does kind of devolve into that but yeah uh so there there's jimmy wang Yu, although he is the, the star like i don't think that the best portions of the fight like what the movie can demonstrate from a fight standpoint come from him unfortunately sorry rest in peace but <laughs> sorry uh i think yeah, like some of it does kind of come from like the the tournament segment, and like if we're talking about like the actual like fight ability, maybe, but that doesn't mean that I, like I like the tournament segment. The tournament segment just eats up so much time, and if we're talking about just like from a physicality standpoint, like right. we can see a huge 
physical demonstration from a, and athleticism from a lot of these performers. But I wish that tournament segment wasn't in the movie at all. <laughs> yep. It just it's just completely unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've gone on about that. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should we attempt to break oh, down the action of this and go more I... into the story? Yeah, yeah, what little story there is. But yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that in the Patreon section, which is right around here. (laughs) Uh Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're at the point where we give our recommendations, but there's a whole wealth of audio you would be listening to here if you follow us on Patreon. There you can listen to the entire episode, including an exclusive action breakdown of the fights in the movie. Uh, But you can still support us by liking us on all the things and watch this and other episodes on YouTube with visual cues to accompany our discussion. And now on to our final thoughts. And then, and then, and then. Is that it? Is that Master of the Flying Guillotine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. I think in the amount of time that we talked about all the fights, the tournament's still not over. (laughs) (laughs) That's how fucking long that tournament is. Uh... All right, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the movie. Um, ah, man, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan of this movie. It's fun. Uh, like, uh, I don't know. Am I am I just being ultra negative? Because uh, I, I I kind of wanted to go into this movie liking it, but I generally did not enjoy the film. I, and I'm actually a little stumped on what makes it so you know so you know like memorable for a lot of folks. You know? I would say maybe it's the spectacle of the weapon because that the the mm-hmm. flying guillotine is ridiculous. There's there's no doubt about it. Logically, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. But when you verbally describe it to somebody, hey, imagine throwing a basket over someone's head, pulling the chain, and then the head comes off. That's pretty stupid, but it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but the, but outside of that, did the movie stand? stand up at all uh, i mean i enjoyed watching it i'll say mm-hmm. i i enjoyed the movie i mm-hmm. under i didn't like the whole middle portion because the tournament just goes on forever we've complained about the tournament so much yeah. so yeah yeah there is there's that but the movie is also very silly uh and yeah. because of that i i got entertainment out of it so uh yeah i didn't mind it i just i just wish it was shorter like give me give me yeah. 70 minutes you know, if you're not going to add anything, take away. I know some martial arts fans like their fights. I do too, yeah. but I yeah. want characters to root for so the fights feel better. And there's too many characters in this movie. There's too many fights, and a lot of them don't matter. So, yeah, I would prefer, yeah, I would sure. just make my own cut. Just cut out a lot of that tournament. <laughs> uh, I mean, all of the tournament, honestly. And you could, yeah, like... It, this movie could honestly be a lot shorter. I'd, I'd say like you can cut out half of the film, very easily, mm-hmm. very very easily. Like I don't it, like that because like what the tournament's like what twenty or thirty mm-hmm. minutes, and then there's like a whole bunch of scenes where like setting up the villains themselves. Like the villains don't even matter. Like they they they're just fodder. They're just like they're just hired guns. Like like why do we need all these scenes of them like fighting? Or like like setting them up in, at all? Like especially since like the early segments with the tournaments set up i don't know well, i'm i'm already being a dead horse like i'd say that as a general viewing experience maybe even though i didn't love love the movie i'd still recommend it just to see it for yourself 
Uh, but yeah, this this was a tough watch for me. Like I actually had to watch this in parts because I was like I had I had trouble watching it because I, I just could not I was not entertained thoroughly enough. I was actually more frustrated mm. at times because I I thought um like the fighting wasn't yeah you know, like it because it's Logaleong like at the helm uh, for the choreography. I thought like yeah it's it's kind of there, but the storytelling is a mess. And I, I, I really didn't like it for that fact. Um, so, like, yeah, from a storytelling standpoint, and I, I am very much a story guy. Uh, the fact that, like, I wasn't uh, enthralled with it, with the story, that definitely made it a harder watch for me. But if you just want the spectacle, you want to see a guy get kicked in the balls 14 times <laughs> before getting his eyes ripped out, and a dude getting dying because of a nipple stabbing, then yeah, go. I'd say go check this movie out. <laughs> this is the weirdest fucking recommendation I've ever given. Zero. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I already said it. Like, I like, I like the movie. Uh, I recognize, yeah, tournament sucks, but you know, if you haven't seen it yet, yeah, I think you'll get entertainment. It's silly enough. I, mm-hmm. I would recommend the movie as a watch, but for me, all the fights are kind of forgettable. Maybe. Yeah a few of them with the Mai Tai fighter um some like I think mm-hmm. when he when he first goes to this not first goes to school when he fights Jimmy Wang Yu's uh student or disciple like there's there's hints mm-hmm. of speed there because overall generally with mm-hmm. the fights I like the cinematography and editing I just felt like it's lacking maybe the speed and the finesse of better choreography mm. yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, what, late 70s, early yeah, mid-70s, yeah. I'm, I'm so, being yeah, for, it's not Being forgiving, yet. but, uh, yeah, not not bad, not bad. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it, but I recognized okay. that right. that middle portion I did not like. Okay, well, somewhere somewhere in between our answers is the real answer. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, That's that ends uh, RZA month, I guess. Yeah, and uh, oh god, I, I hope we counted our months right because then, what the hell are we gonna watch next? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I can't wait for everyone. To, uh, I can't wait for our next theme because I'm actually kind of looking. I am forward looking to forward it. to like, it, it as well. It, it is the you know, complete the complete opposite of what we're, we've discussed this month. So, oh god, you guys, you're, you're in for a treat. So stay tuned, kitties.